0: for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. We're continuing in reinforcements, learning about the blessings that come from the kingdom. One of the definitions of blessing is something that provides happiness or does good for a person. God wants to be the one to provide that happiness. He wants to fill our lives with good. Pastor is about to drop some truth bombs about the blessings that come from God in today's message, All Sufficient.
1: Now, when, when God created the earth, he took Adam and Eve, he placed them in the garden. Genesis 2.15 says, he took the man, he put him in the garden of Eden to tend, to guard and to keep. Uh, Literally, part of his responsibility was he had jurisdiction over the earth and he was to protect the earth. He was to guard it. Now, you know and I know what happened. Satan came in, tempted Adam and Eve. They sinned and when that happened, the authority, the jurisdiction that Adam and Eve had, Satan took from them and he began to operate with the authority that God had given to Adam and Eve. In fact, when uh, Jesus is tempted in Matthew four, brings it out in Luke chapter four, Satan takes him up to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdom of the world in a moment of time. And he says, all of the glory and all the authority of all these kingdoms has been given to me and I can give it to whomsoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. So he said someone had given him all of this authority. Well, it was Adam when Adam sinned and it was transferable. God gave it to Adam. Adam gave it to Satan. Satan said, I'll give it to you, Jesus. So today, if we are part of the kingdom of God, Jesus said, verily, I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So heaven does not move without someone who is a part of the kingdom of God, who has authority, who has jurisdiction in the earth, asking God to or moving using that authority that they have. We have the authority on earth. Adam gave it away. Jesus came, got it back for us. When Satan came into the world, so much of the, evil that's in the world that we see came in with him. Death, sickness, fear, war, disease, famine. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. Thus, death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, part of the result of that was God said to man, "You know the earth is cursed because of you. And in painful toil, you're going to work so you'll have food to eat all the days of your life. So there was a curse that came on the earth as a result of man's sin. And it was going to be painful toil. In order to eat, the earth was going to bring forth thorns and non-desirable plants so often what people do today, again, so often people think everything that happens on earth is what God wants to happen. But the truth is, the Bible calls Satan the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4. 4. Jesus called him the prince of this age. And the evil that is in the earth is not because of God. It's because the devil is here. And everything that happens in the earth is not the will of God. Not unless... A man or a woman with authority, with jurisdiction that God has given them, steps forward. Uh, I've got a little story here I want to read. It's about Ted Turner. Most of you know who he is. He had a troubled childhood. Uh, When his 15-year-old sister died of the lupus disease, Turner said candidly, I lost my religious beliefs when my sister got lupus. She was 12 and she died at 17. I was 15 when she got it. She was ill. It ruined her mind. She became insane. She used to go around the apartment and run into the padded walls and say, God, I'm in such pain. Please let me die. Ted's father, who eventually killed himself by firing a bullet into his brain, renounced religion and said, If that's the type of God he is, I want nothing to do with him. Shortly after, thereafter, Ted himself abandoned any semblance of faith. Now, the reason was that he believed, like his father, that God was the one that made his sister sick. That God is the one that took his sister's life. But the truth is that it's the devil. It's not God. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 2, it says to destroy him. Jesus came to destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. That is the devil. All right. So what Jesus came to bring was the kingdom of God. Isaiah prophesied about it and said in verse six, for unto us a child is born, to unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Kingdom is going to be government. When Jesus finally comes and enforces the kingdom, the Bible says that he'll rule with a rod of iron. It says of the increase of his government, in peace there will be no end. and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice. You see, when Jesus comes back, he is going to right every single wrong. How I many know us Christians, we're told to forgive people. And they can go to God and they can receive forgiveness. See, but the, the truth is, those that don't, when Jesus comes back, he's going to right. Every single wrong that has ever been done. The kingdom of God functions on the basis of government. And we can also say that it functions on the basis of spiritual law. And we need to know those laws. Now, the Bible tells us again in Colossians that the Father has qualified you for your share of the inheritance of the saints or the believers in life. You see, when when Jesus died and rose again, there is an inheritance. There's blessings that belong to you. Even David in the Old Testament looked forward in Psalms 103. He said, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. But back in Genesis, God really is looking on the outside. From the outside, looking in. Because Satan has come and taken man's crown, taken his authority. And he came to a man by the name of Abram. And he said, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house. To a land I'll show you. Genesis twelve 2. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth Will be blessed. Now, really, in verses 2 and 3, we can find God fulfilling everything that he promised to Abraham through all the rest of the Bible. In fact, he's still working, fulfilling these verses that we find right here. Now, in Galatians 3, verse 29, it says, If you are Christ, how I many you are, then are you Abraham's seed? Okay. And your are heirs according to the promise. So the promise that God makes to Abraham is also for you. Uh, in gen- just a few chapters later, in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham's nephew Lot is taken by several warring kings along with all of his possessions and all the possessions of the people that are in the city that Lot is living in. Abraham goes after him, them, attacks the kings, defeats the kings, he gets all of the people back along with all of the goods. And he's returning, and you probably know the story, Melchizedek, who's the king of Jerusalem, the king of peace and the king of righteousness, comes out and meets him and blesses Abraham. And Abraham gives him a 10th of everything that he has. And then the king of Sodom comes and says to Abraham, give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. Now it's interesting that a wicked king has this perspective. That people are for loving and things are for using. The king didn't say, give me the stuff. He said, give me the, the people. He recognized where the real value was. But Abraham said, to the king of Sodom. I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. How many you ever watched Perry Mason growing up? All right, you're old. It was a lawyer show, okay? And when the witness would get on the stand, they would put their hand on the Bible, one hand, and they would lift up their other hand. And they'd say, I solemnly swear to tell the truth the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. It was the old custom that when you would swear, you would lift your hand. Now, he says, I've lifted up my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from you, from a thread to a sandal strap, that you will take. No, I will take nothing that's yours, least you say, I made Abraham rich except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me. Now he says, I, I've lifted up my hand to the Lord and I've sworn and I've sworn that God, I'm going to let you be the one that blesses me. Now, here's the, here's the thing. This is a faith statement. Now we can only make faith statements. In response to what God has already spoken. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the fact that he lifts up his hand and says, God, I believe you are the one who's going to make me rich means that God had said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you financially. Now, again, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's and heirs according to the promise. Now I want to, uh, Say something right away. I don't believe that God's going to make everybody a millionaire. I believe that God will bless a farmer as a farmer, an electrician as an electrician, a plumber as a plumber, and a banker as a banker, and an architect as an architect. But if you're Abraham's seed and you're an architect, you ought to be a blessed architect. And if you're Abraham's seed and you're a truck driver, you should be a blessed truck driver. God's going, to, God's going to put that blessing on us. In fact, again in Genesis 22, as Abraham is, sacrificed, is ready to sacrifice his son and God stops him, God says to him, He says, I'll bless you. He says, Oh, how I will bless you. And I will make sure that your children flourish. He says, Oh, how I'm going to bless When the creator of the heavens and the earth, Says, oh, how I'm going to bless you. How many know you're about to get blessed? I mean, he, he said, let there be light and literally billions of stars leap into existence. That God has the capacity to bless us. And if we look at Abraham, well, there's no doubt at all that that is what happened. It says, Genesis 24 1. Now, Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all. Abraham sends his servant to go and find a wife for his son, Isaac. And the man said, I'm Abraham's servant. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. He's become great. And he's given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. So God had blessed him. That was Abraham. Then we look at Abraham's son, Isaac. It says, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Now there was a famine. Nobody was sowing, but he sowed and he got a hundredfold. Now a hundredfold is not a hundred percent. It's 10,000%. I mean, who gets 10,000% returns in one year? All right, he got a 10,000. And the Bible says, the man began to prosper. You better believe it. And continue in prospering until he became very prosperous. So that he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great number of servants. And the Philistines envied him. Now I want to remind you, and this verse is key in what we're talking about. Proverbs ten twenty two, It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it or with it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Well, then look at his grandson. Uh, Jacob said to his father-in-law, you know how I've served you and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little, and it has increased a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. So his grandson, Jacob, says to his father-in-law who he's working for, when I came there, you hardly had anything. But now 14 years have passed. And God has blessed you because I'm here. I believe that wherever you and I work, they ought to be thankful they've got us. Because God will bless because you're there. Now, he has a great-great-grandson. His name is Joseph Joseph. His brothers are jealous of him. They beat him up. They throw him in a pit. They strip him naked. They sell him as a slave. And he's taken down to Egypt where he's working as a slave. This is the grandson of Abraham. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had. He put under his Joseph's authority. It became under Joseph's authority or Joseph's jurisdiction. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians house. For Joseph's sake. And this next phrase blew my mind when I saw it. And the blessing of the Lord. What was there? The blessing of the Lord. The Lord. Proverbs 10, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. rich and adds no sorrow to it. So the Lord blessed the Egyptians for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hands, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. And you know the story. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. Joseph says, no way. He runs. She lies. He gets thrown in prison for attempted rape. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed Joseph's hands, all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatever was done there, he was a doer of it. And the keeper of the prison didn't look into anything that was under Joseph's authority or jurisdiction because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Now, literally what's happening is we're finding here four generations down, the blessing of Abraham is still there and it's referred to as the blessing of the Lord as the blessing of the Lord. So let's jump into the new Testament, Matthew chapter 14. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Another gospel brings out, it's a little boy's lunch. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up into heaven and he blessed and broke and gave the the loaves to the disciples. And by the way, uh, this is why when you pray, when, when you eat, you pray and you give thanks. You thank God because literally what's happening, this food that's coming out of the natural realm has just come into the kingdom of God. And Jesus has blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and they gave it to the multitude. And they all ate and were filled and took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. And those who were eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Let's just figure fifteen to twenty thousand people. What happened was something that was in the natural realm came into the realm of the kingdom of God. Now I believe this: that when you and I pray over our meal, it passes out of the natural realm into the kingdom realm. And when it passes from the natural realm to the kingdom realm, if we believe it, I believe it, it will bring health and it will bring healing into our bodies. So 12 baskets full. Somebody said there was one for each disciple to carry for the little boys. He took them home. I believe it. I believe it. But what happened was something natural came into the kingdom. There's another example of this in Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus is speaking. He's by the Sea of Galilee. The crowd is out in front of him and Jesus begins to sit on Peter's boat and says, put it out a little bit in the water. So he's out in the water on the boat and the people are on shore. And when he's done, he said to them, he said, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered and said, master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. I do think this is interesting that Jesus told him to let down the nets, plural, and they just let down one net. Okay. Okay. And when they had done this, they saw such a great number of fish that the net was breaking. They didn't know the blessing that was there. But literally, that boat and everything in it came into the kingdom jurisdiction. And there was a blessing that came because it was part of the kingdom. Now, one of the things that uh, we hear, in fact, uh, we had lunch with a couple here from church today. And... and and. Uh, the lady said to me, she said, you know, I I hear people saying, you know, you got to be careful for that health and wealth gospel. She said, what should I say? Well, I said, first of all, do you want the sickness and poverty gospel? (laughs) But this is, listen, this is second Corinthians nine verse eight. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. A little clearer in the amplified, it says God is able to make all grace come to you in abundance that you may always in under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no support aid or support and furnished in abundance. Listen, for every good work and charitable donation. So God wants us to be where we don't need to go and beg and ask for help because he says he wants you to be sufficient. But more than that, he says, I want you to have enough to give to every charitable donation, to every cause. Now, here's what people think. People think, well, you're just going to get so you can have. But the gospel teaches us to get to get so we can give. There's a big difference. There is a big difference. Now, it says you're not going to require any support. You're going to have enough. You're going to be self-sufficient. But it says you're going to have enough to give to every good work. Generous, another translation says, on every occasion. And I'm going to say this again, I don't believe that God, this, that this promise is God's going to make everybody a millionaire, but he's going to bless us in the station of life where we are, whether we're an architect or a plumber or a banker or an electrician, wherever we are, God wants us to be blessed in that place where we're at. In Luke, the fourth chapter, Jesus is talking about his ministry, what he came to do. And he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord or the, the year of Jubilee, which is the year of double portion. He said, I'm coming to, pr- to declare the time of blessing, the time of double portion. In Isaiah 61, it says, therefore, in their land, they shall possess double and everlasting joy shall be theirs. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that they and their posterity Whom the Lord has blessed. Now, this is one of the reasons why the Bible teaches the principle of tithing. Now, somebody says that's Old Testament law. It's not, it's before the law, it's Abraham. Now, the principle is this that you take the first tenth and you set it aside and you give it to God because here's what it does when we honor God with the first tenth, it sanctifies the rest. It puts the rest into the kingdom. Now, I've literally had people say, I just can't afford to tithe. Uh, You can't afford not to tithe. Because what happens when you do that, what you have left is sanctified. What you do with the first. Remember, the tithe is not the last. The tithe is the first tenth. It's not any particular, any tenth. It's always the first. And what you do with the first sanctifies the rest. So literally, when we take and bring and sow that first portion into the kingdom of God, it sanctifies or puts all the rest into the kingdom of God. Now, well, Malachi 3.10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. This is the only place where God says to try or test him. And see... If I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. See, what happens when we honor him with the first, the rest is sanctified or blessed. The rest comes into the kingdom. Now, with that said, I wanna talk about some of the dangers. Some of you realize the Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And it is, the love of money, not money, but the love of it, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom, the kingdom. See, money is a great servant. It's a terrible master. We've got to have our master King Jesus. We seek first the kingdom. First Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty, don't be proud. Now, it's interesting. There are special temptations for rich people. Uh, He said, the first one, be careful you don't be haughty. Don't get proud. Don't think I'm somebody because of what I have. Uh, Don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Listen, who richly gives us all things to enjoy. So when God blesses you, don't be ashamed of it. The Bible says he gives it to you to enjoy. Enjoy it but don't let it have the first place in your heart. It says, let them do good, let them be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 4, 28. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good, That he may have to give. That he may have to what? Give. Give. You know, when we work, the first thing most of us are thinking about is ourselves. See, but God says work so that you have something to have something to give. Seeking first the kingdom of God. And then what happens? All these things are added to you. Somebody said, well, it just sounds like You know, if you serve God, there's never going to be any trouble. Let me just say this. The Bible talks about suffering. And it talks about suffering for righteousness' sake, for his name's sake, and for the kingdom's sake. In Hebrews 11, it says, still others had trials of mocking and scourging, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute and afflicted, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And it talks about people of faith. See, so there may be a time where you will suffer for the kingdom's sake, for righteousness' sake, for the gospel's sake, for his name's sake. In fact, when the disciples were, were punished For the gospel, it says they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name's sake. But God wants us to be blessed. There's times when for the kingdom, for righteousness, for the gospel, for his name's sake, that we suffer. So that that when when we're talking about the blessing of God financially, uh, there can be times where for the kingdom's sake, for righteousness sake, for the gospel's sake, you're going to suffer. Now, uh, I want to read. I want, my, my time is officially up, but give me a couple minutes. all right? Ecclesiastes 9, verse 14. There was a little city with a few men in it. And a great king came against it and besieged it and built a great snare around it. Now, there was found in the city a poor, wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered the same poor man. Then I said, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. You may have never thought of it this way, but one of the purposes of finances is influence. It's influence. They said the poor person, they were wise and they delivered the city, but later nobody would listen to them because they were poor. And there's a lot of people that are rich and stupid and people still listen to them. (laughs) Isn't it true? And the only reason they get listened to is because of their wealth. It gives influence. And there are people, God blesses them financially to give them a position of influence. Influence. And uh, we, we, need to, we need to recognize that. Now, again, the love of money. One translation says it like this. It says, those who have a craving desire to be rich will fall into many temptations and snares and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. The last thing that we ever want is for somebody to make their number one pursuit money, and stuff. Our number one pursuit needs to be the kingdom of God and His righteousness. See, I want to thank you for being on the program with me. Do you know the Bible says that we should know that we have everlasting life? Many people simply assume, well, I know about God and I'm right with God. And I hope when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But the Bible says, know that you have you need to know you're forgiven, know you're right with God. You say, how can I do that? Because God can't lie. He said, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you're away from God today or you don't know where you stand with God, you say, I want to be right with God today. I want to pray this prayer with you. I want to call on the name of the Lord the way the Bible tells us to. And the Bible says, will be saved. So I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer from your heart out loud, just say, Oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again and I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. He is my King. Jesus is my Lord. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. I'm forgiven. I'm right with God. I'm on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. You know, God heard that prayer. If you prayed that prayer from your heart and you are right with God. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep on growing spiritually. I want to send it to you free of charge. Now, there's information on your screen. You can download that book free of charge or you contact us and we will give it to you free of charge. We want to be a blessing to you. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. We love you.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Duane, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is reaching the world with the truth of God's word on and off the air. Right now, we have an awesome opportunity to double your impact. Due to the generosity of some of our partners, we have a matching gift of $300,000. We want to make it easy for you to become a partner with us, and now you can just text resgive to 94,000 and select Walking by Faith in the drop down menu. You can also give on our website or on our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. I pray that God pours out his blessings upon you this week and that they'll overflow to the point that you don't know what to do with them. Have a wonderful week.